0: Welcome to the third episode of Hard Tag with Tom Bell Chambers, Kale Hooker, and my name's Jack Post. We're actually um, starting without our guest today, but Andrew McGrath will be our guest in a little bit. Job was our guest last week, and I noticed he started an Instagram account since he was on the show.
1: <laughs> it went straight to his head this show, I think. Like.
0: Well, so the reason I found out about it is because through your Instagram, Tom, yep. you uh, you said, "Hey, guess what? Job's got a new Instagram account." And then Job's only following, like, three people. <laughs> the an footy club and you boys. So I had a feeling that maybe you had set it up for him. Or is it the real Job Watson?
1: It is the real Job Watson, uh, people will be pleased to know. It's the real deal. So I think, um, as I said, he came in here last week. I think the show probably went to his head a little bit and he thought he was, you know... A little bit uh, better than what he was. He he walked out and thought, you know. He was good. He was good. (laughs) No, he was was very good. (laughs) But he's walked out and thought, you know, maybe this uh, social media might be next for me. And. He's, um, I think he did his first Instagram post tonight actually with a, a
0: photo of his family. So he did, and he did another tweet. I mean, we talked last week about he only did two tweets for the year so far. One of them he didn't even do. Michael Hurley jumped on his, <laughs> uh, his phone when he left it open. So uh, he's, he's going
2: all right. He's got 5,000 followers and he hasn't even posted a photo yet. <laughs> so he's yeah. doing pretty well for himself. He's
0: doing good. Kale, obviously, yesterday you were late withdrawal from the game. Um, like, super, super late. Like, uh, it looked like Heath Hocking, who replaced you, wasn't even expecting to play.
2: Yeah, I think I warmed up, went through the warm-up. I, th- I had a bit of a lower leg tightness, and I thought it was going to get better as the warm-up went on, and it didn't. And then I think I had about two minutes to make a decision. The doctor said, you've got two minutes to decide. And I said, I'm not going to be able to go out there. So Heath Hocking came in and played a great game and did a good job. So it was good to see him mm- go well.
1: Now, let's be honest. <laughs> All the uh, we're all about honesty on the hard tag. Yeah, of here. course, of course. Is that the real reason you didn't play yesterday, or is it because you wanted to watch the Mayweather-McGregor fight?
2: <laughs> Tommy's got a different theory. I'm a big McGregor fan, but uh, our finals push was more important. Wow. Yeah, I must right. say, I was disappointed at some of the injured boys that they didn't have an iPad and everything prepared for the fight. You know, yeah, got, there was no pay per view you know, the, under. The, they were the all ready to go for the game and full attention on the game, which was disappointing.
0: So where did you watch the game? I remember the first week of this podcast, I asked Tom uh, where he sat the week he didn't play the Adelaide match and it was a big conspiracy about who he sat with <laughs> and he wouldn't tell us. Still can't reveal that. <laughs> <laughs> it was
2: pretty lonely for me. I pulled out of the game, everyone runs out, the doctors and everyone leave, I'm just down in the rooms by myself.
0: Wandering around. I've got by no by ticket, i got
2: no seat, I don't know what to do <laughs> and so I just headed up to the stats box next to the coach's box and just let myself in. Sat at a chair there and watch the game from there.
0: Yeah, right. And Tommy, uh, great job on the weekend. I was saying to you as, you as you walked in here tonight, ever since this podcast started, you've just become this next level footballer.
1: I think this is, uh, this is definitely the reason why. Um, no, I'm certainly, I had the week off uh, a couple of weeks ago to freshen up, and, and the last two weeks my body's felt really good. And, um, you know, I'm really excited to be playing uh, in the finals again.
0: All right, let's bring him in, Uh, Andrew McGrath, obviously the first pick the Bombers have ever had, the first number one draft pick, and uh, nominated for the NAB Rising Star this week. So we're really looking forward to talking to him. Andrew McGrath, as I said, the first number one draft pick that uh, the club has ever had, and a NAB Rising Star nominee. Um, Thanks for coming on the show.
3: Thanks for having me, guys. It's um, a massive honour to get recognised <laughs> like this show does. Um, Job was obviously on last week, and they've they obviously couldn't find someone any better because they've gone right to the <laughs> bottom of the food chain to find me. But um, yeah, it's great
1: to be on here.
2: We've gone the other way around, mate. We're stepping it up each week.
0: <laughs> Have we gone from the oldest player to the youngest player? Is Job the oldest at the club? Uh, Joe looks the oldest.
1: Kel, I think Kel's the oldest <laughs> at the club, James Kelly. But um, fashion-wise, yeah, definitely Job's the oldest. Are
0: uh, you the youngest, bitch?
3: Uh second or third, I think. Second I think a couple third, are younger yeah. than me. I think Josh Begley might be the youngest. He yeah. only recently turned 19.
0: It's crazy that I saw when I looked you up online today and you were born in 1998, which just is sort of mind-boggling. That we're going to have a player in a couple of years who was born in the year 2000. That's scary. That's ridiculous.
2: <laughs> Pidge like, could have a girlfriend that's born in the year 2000.
0: <laughs> My girlfriend's born in ninety don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what the Y2K bug is? No. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's crazy. It was this panic that everybody had in the year 2000. <laughs> you know, the... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys should know. Yeah. I mean <laughs> We all lived through it. Exactly. The harrowing times of the Y2K bug. It was, uh, everyone thought computers weren't going to be able to tick over properly from 1999 into the year 2000 and that planes would drop out of the sky and microwaves would explode, etc. Very, very scary, pitch. Very scary. We survived and seemingly never talking about it again. If you've never heard of it, <laughs> no, never heard of it. <laughs> Tell us about the NAB Rising star. I honestly myself don't know a lot about it. It's this week, is it that right? Yeah, it's this Friday.
3: I guess I'm not. I'm not favourite at the moment. I probably don't think I'll get the nod on Friday. But I've been happy with how the season's panned out, and it's it's been great to be nominated.
2: Very humble the pigeon. I think he should be the favourite. He's definitely the favourite in our eyes. I think he kept Eddie Betts goalless a couple of weeks ago and from there moved straight into the midfield. The back line was too easy. So you're going pretty that. well <laughs> when you start doing stuff like that.
0: Who is favourite, do you know? Uh, think, Ryan Burton from Hawthorne. Right. I'm sure. I think he'll... Is he it, good? I, I mean, I don't watch that many. I, haven't, football games. I don't watch that much
1: football. Either, <laughs> yeah. To be honest with you, I, I know I sit next to a Pigeon in the locker, and if I was a uh, if I was a betting man, I'd be uh, having a couple of bucks on pigeon
0: <laughs> Yeah, me too. Like for me, for mine, you're the best. But I've only seen Hawthorne like probably round one when we played them. So if you didn't play then Ryan Burton, then I I don't really know much about him. <laughs> I don't think he played that game, so <laughs> I don't think you watched him. <laughs> do you have to have a speech or anything lined up? And I know, like, obviously, trying to be humble and saying you're not going to win, but do you have to think? about
1: it? I caught him writing a speech the other day, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is true. Will you terrific. do your
0: speech writing at the club?
3: I haven't actually even thought about it, that yet. Um, that's a lot of it.
1: <laughs> I, I sit in the locker next to you, mate. I know what goes on in that locker. Do you want I, me
0: to explain what goes on in your locker? No, already, mate. Best of luck for um, for Friday. Who, who goes? Does anyone else from the club go? I think... John was invited, the coach, John Westfold. Um The
3: recruiting team probably goes. My development coach, Dan Jordan, will go. But what about your peers? Aren't you guys going? Hep, does
2: HEP go? Hep, hep I think HEP does it.
3: go, but there's a bit of... We've got main training on Friday because we made the finals. Uh, they, <laughs> they're kind of working it out because, obviously, the coach can't really jump out of main training to come to an event like that. Oh, so. it's a, oh, is it during the day. I just yeah. assumed it
0: was on Friday night. No, it's a luncheon. Oh, so, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, don't interrupt training then. <laughs> we've got a final to play. <laughs> exactly right. If
1: we've got the winner, though, surely the coach can go and... Uh, yeah. Present the award or something.
2: So. Yeah, I wonder reckon if... the luncheon sounds better than training. Yeah. It sounds put the feet up. I'd be, be happy to come yeah. to the luncheon, mate. Yeah, yeah a good. It? <laughs> I'm
0: more than happy to. Worst of all, that. Yeah. How is it being um, locker buddies? I didn't. I didn't, didn't realise that Tom was the next locker to you. Do you share a different bond to other players?
1: Oh, I think we do definitely. Yeah. Um You oh. know, I've nurtured Pidge since he since he walked <laughs> into the club. Um, you know, it can be quite daunting uh, coming into the club, especially as a number one picker. I don't know anything about that, but
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, you know, sure nah, would be. <laughs> I sit next to uh, you know Pidge, obviously, and Darcy Parish on the other side. So I'm 28 now, so I'm kind of getting to towards the latter end of my. Uh, just passing on your knowledge. Just passing on my yeah. knowledge about you know the day to day goings of
3: the. What football was your club?
2: approach, Pidge, coming to the club first day at the club? Obviously, pretty daunting. What was you? Did you just think puffed the chest out and just walking in the locker? No, nah, definitely not. It was
3: try- <laughs> more so trying to hide behind other people and just sort of blend in. But um, yeah, like Tommy said, he took me under his wing straight away and made me feel at home in that that locker. I guess bit of neighbourhood watch,
1: bit of neighbourhood watch. Yeah. Well, funny you should say that. The old number one, Michael Hibberd, <laughs> who was uh, that
2: was the jumper a bit baggy. The, jumper was the, the,
1: the, the rumors are the jumper and the shorts were a bit baggy around
0: you. Just a little bit. Just yeah. a little.
2: <laughs> I had to get
1: him changed pretty early.
0: Did you feel like you? added more pressure to being the number one pick, the club giving you number one? (laughs) Uh, At
3: the end of the day, it was my choice. Um, Xavier and Adrian came up to me and asked me if I wanted to wear the number one jumper, and I sort of thought about it for a bit and and thought that a number doesn't really mean anything. You make make what you make of it. So um, I thought, why not? I'll take number one. I've never worn number one in my life before, and it's obviously... A great number at the club and um, has a lot of heritage behind it, so I was honoured to take that jumper.
0: Which, if you could have chosen any number and it didn't affect any other players playing under that number, what would you have taken? It's a hard question. I wore number seven
3: growing up, so maybe that, but uh, having said that, I'm happy with number one.
2: The lower the number, the better. That's what you start to work out after I mean, a
0: few years. I mean, that's what it was growing uh, up. don't want to get stuck in s- the I started yeah. in
2: 44 <laughs> <laughs> to work my way down to, uh, to number two.
1: You don't want to be stuck in the 40s, mate, seriously.
2: Yeah. We've had a few chats over the years with people who have been in a high number and playing well and then tossing up whether to change. They should start to work change. out. You always change. You always go lower as Yeah, low as you can go. So Pidge, you know, he's nailed it from day one.
0: Well, I even saw Stanton running around in the, some clips this week because obviously he retired as well yeah. in the, was it 24 it's I 20, think yeah. so he didn't even yeah. think that was low enough yeah, and he, he had to go around, to the number yeah, five Yeah. so if they given the option Cal, <laughs> would you drop from 26 to a lower number
2: I think now I'm happy with the 26 I feel pretty cemented with it uh, but early in my career I would really have got straight there
0: when, when do you pick up number two? I mean, if, if it is the lowest number to go by, then you're the second best player at the club. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I reckon, the, I reckon my, first,
1: my first six years or... Yeah, I reckon six years I played in the 44 mm. and then... The last uh, four or five, I've been in the number two and I'm working my way to number one. I'm still (laughs) after that number one jumper. Did you ask for number two or did they? (laughs) No, well, Ricky Dyson wore number two and he was a really close mate of mine while he was playing at the club and he said, would you be keen to? And I said, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, really? So a player can pass on a number to another player? Well, potentially, yeah. Like You can kind of put a bit of a request in and then at the end of the year, they do jumper changes and numbers and... I think, think
2: Hurls to... did the same with Lloydy. Yeah. Lordy asked Hurls to wear the number 18. Ah, right, yeah. He yeah. went from 22 to 18. Mm. So it does happen a little bit.
0: So would Hurdy have done the same thing when Stance took yeah, over I number 5? I think he, he did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Mm. Uh, Andy, do you believe in such a thing as the this, this second year hangover, which is where a player performs really well in their first year and then has an underwhelming second year? And how do you combat it?
3: I hope it doesn't happen to me. Uh, <laughs> I guess the boys in the room will be able to see that unfold, but... I don't really believe too much in it. Like You you get what you put in um, in football. So I think if I, I keep working hard and get a full pre-season in this year, it shouldn't be a problem.
2: That's it, Pidge, it's a myth. I don't,
1: I don't think I uh, suffered from the second year hangover. <laughs> I think my first year I played three games, and then my second year I played about five games. So,
2: hangovers are real.
1: Hangovers are real. <laughs> Just not second year. Pidge has come in obviously, and um, you know had a massive impact on the footy club. He's played how many games he played in your first year? Twenty. Twenty, I think. Twenty games in his first year. So basically, I, took, won the
2: Rising Star. It, it took me
1: about you know six years to play twenty games. I think so. It's it's pretty amazing what he's done, and you know I th- I think he's gonna hopefully get uh, the accolades on Friday.
2: Yeah, well done. Do you, do you use any tactics? Um, I know during the week players have the day off. A lot of players study or go to uni, play FIFA, stuff like that. And you obviously want to stay relaxed throughout the week and do that. Do you have any tactics or anything you do during the week? Stay oh, I know what you're hinting at. <laughs> anyway, but, um... Anywhere you go. <laughs>
3: The weekly crown visits are always a good
2: one. <laughs> Pidge is well known to frequent crown um, and all the lavish hotels around Melbourne, so he hasn't mucked around with his check in his first year.
0: Oh, right. And I thought, you meant, so I thought you meant like gambling. <laughs> no, not no, no, no. at also, also a high
2: roller. <laughs> He's also a big high roller. No. Playing
1: some poker or <laughs> just blackjack. Ju- just treats the missus once a week to a night away at the
3: most and lavish would, yeah. hotels. Why you wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah.
2: She's the luckiest girl in the world, are uh,
1: Hopefully.
3: No, one one Friday morning I came into the club and, and Kale sort of came up to me and said, where the hell were you on Wednesday night? I said, oh... Julie t- took me to Crown on Wednesday night. <laughs> we stayed the night
0: there, had a nice dinner. <laughs> He's like, oh, I better start doing that. Yeah.
2: So. I might start copying him. It's a brilliant idea, and it's obviously working.
0: I guess the difference is you still live at home at the moment. That's yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a little more incentive to get away, I guess. <laughs> <definitely>. <laughs> what do you reckon will be the situation when you move out of home? I mean, these guys lived together for a while, Tom and Cale, for, you know, five years, was it? Do you think, uh, do you see yourself living with other members of the club or do you like keeping that separated? Yeah, I think so. I'm looking
3: um, in the area there there at the moment. So I'm looking at Port Melbourne, um, probably at the end of next year to um, buy a place down there and hopefully live with a couple of teammates. Um, And yeah, I'm looking forward to that, the drives.
0: Right. So you'll be their landlord. Is that what you mean? Like, buy place like get them to rent. Oh, if, if it works That's out that way, way maybe. But <laughs> he's a genius. <laughs> smart.
1: He's
3: a <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to learn it that way. But <laughs> yeah, I'm looking to move a little bit closer to the club at the end of next year.
1: Yeah. Are you going to find it hard moving out of a palace in Brighton <laughs> to some, con- some smaller apartment or house in Port Melbourne where you don't have maids there? You don't, you don't, have, you the you, you don't have the chef there that you can click your fingers for? There's no for. teppanyaki grill. There's no teppanyaki grill. <laughs> Are you going to find that difficult?
3: First of all, they're straight up lies, but <laughs> I'd be lying if I say I wouldn't find it difficult.
2: <laughs> I remember you asked on the first podcast, you said, what, what's it like if you won $20 million? Would you be different? Would you be the same? Well, we can ask Pidge, what's it like? <laughs> 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 what's it like? I wouldn't, know,
3: I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have a clue.
0: You should ask Job last week. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the other sports that you could have been in right now. You're a champion hurdler.
3: Yeah, I did athletics for a while up until the end of year 10. So when I was 16, 17 and I was yeah, fairly good at athletics. I was probably better at athletics than footy at the time when I made my decision and I'd won a few national titles and had the opportunity to compete for Australia, which was probably when the decision came about. Um it was whether to put all my eggs into football or all my eggs into athletics and at the end of the day I chose I chose football because I I just love the game more and
0: yeah, I guess I'm happy I've made that decision now. Until the Olympics roll around and then you <laughs> watch it on TV thinking that could have been me. Some of my friends are doing quite well. They compete
3: at the World Juniors for, for Australia, which is under-21s, I think it is. Um, the highest level you compete other than the Olympics. And yeah, when they do come around, I get a little bit jealous. But I think I'm happy with what I'm
1: doing at the moment. Hooksy spoke about before you uh, moved to the midfield the last couple of weeks. Uh, you're enjoying that. And do you see yourself playing in the midfield you know, next year and the years beyond? Yeah,
3: I've loved it. Um, having a Ruckman like Tommy, it's it's not too hard. That's what I was, in- was leading out there,
1: mate. <laughs> <laughs>
3: playing in the midfield. But. I
0: think for, it feels like every week you seem to ask a question that leads back <laughs> to
1: being I knew it was going that way, do not I? Very <laughs> crucial players in the team, the
2: Ruckman. <laughs> And do you still talk to the backmen now that you've left, gone to the midfield? Do you still say hi to them in the locker room?
3: I try to, but I don't get a great reception get- <laughs> from James Kelly. He sort of just brushes me off now. He, what is that? It's like if you say goodbye you to the back line See you for good. later. There's a bit of a stigma about players moving out of the back line or out of the forward line into the midfield. They just never come back.
2: We don't forget. People don't forget when you move.
0: <laughs> so did you get a hard time as well, Kale, yeah, when you uh, moved to the forward line? I'm pretty
2: settled, but Trav Collier is a big candidate for us. Whichever time the weights is, he's a midfielder or he's a forward, so he cops a lot of stick for that.
0: So is there a groupings, hard groupings for backs, midfielders, forwards, forwards? Yep. And where do you fit in, Tom? I'm the Ruckman. I'm the... No. it's just you and the burger on your own. Just you do
2: watch whatever you want.
1: Just run my own show down there. No, I'm with the um, I'm with the mids, and I really enjoy my time with the mids.
0: You talked about Andrew, Tom being a little bit of a role model when you came to the club. Who else stands out for you as um, someone who took you under your wing, under their wing? I
3: think James Kelly's been the main one. Him and Michael Hurley being a backman um, for most of the year. Previously being a backman. From... <laughs> <laughs>
2: an I'll still call myself a backman.
3: <laughs> but they've been great. Um, James has almost acted like a father figure at the club. He he pretty much oversees everything I do and helps me out in any way possible. So he's just been amazing. And to just get one year under his guidance has been amazing. He's had an amazing career and I wish him all the best for the future.
0: Yeah, right. Will you? Will it leave a hole him not being there next year? I think it will.
3: Um, his leadership on the field is, I guess, he's like another coach on the field, really, for the backline group. Um, he sees the game so well; he sees things that I guess younger players don't see or don't really think about. And um, yeah, it will be greatly missed in that backline group.
1: Pidge is right. His knowledge of the game, Kel, it's it's uh, it's elite. And a lot of the, a lot of the other players that he played with down in Geelong in that era, you see that a lot of them have gone on to be assistant coaches at other clubs. And that's what Kel wants to do as well, become a, become a coach. Um, it's probably, you know, it, it shows that they they had the right program in place down there under Bomber. Um, and, you know, they're very, very uh, very good students of the game, those players, and they'll be very good coaches as well.
0: So is there a chance he'll stay within Essendon? Hopefully, no. hopefully
1: yeah. yeah, I'd love him stay. I'm, I'm sure the backs would as well. And, yeah, definitely. Um, I think they're trying to work through something
2: in the club at the moment. He'll be a good coach wherever he ends up. Yeah. He'll be a star. Mm.
0: So the game on the weekend, Essendon defeated Fremantle 107 to 92, cementing a place in the finals in a fortnight's time. Um, Kale, obviously we spoke about the, the late withdrawal, but Tommy, again, a great game. And you know what I've started looking out for, since um, you mentioned it on the first episode of the podcast, is the very first Ruck duel. Oh, well, and what are your thoughts? Well, you, you said that you set yourself for it, and it's the most important part of your game each week. It is
1: very important, yes. And How's so far,
0: he's won both of them. And you've looked very aggressive, which <laughs> I think was what you, you wanted <laughs> to do.
1: <laughs> That's my aim, to try and intimidate the, uh, the opposing Ruffman standing over the other side of the circle to me. But no, as I said, it's very important to start the game. I want to be really physical as a ruckman and, and show aggression at the start of the game. And I think as mids, they kind of build off that. So, yeah, I've been able to do that the last couple of weeks, which has been good. And it's even going to be a step up against Sydney in the finals, you know, so it's uh, super important.
0: You also talked about during that first uh, podcast, the centre bounce, that you, you would prefer that they didn't bounce the Scrap ball it. and just throw it up. Is that, is that happening? I don't know,
1: but I heard a rumor. It is. I heard a rumor yeah. it might be happening.
0: Really? <clears throat> yeah. As, so. as early as next season? Hopefully. As early as the finals?
1: Hopefully, <laughs> I'd be loving that.
0: Because they mucked they up a, a, they mucked up a bunch on yeah. uh, on Sunday's game. Yeah. And then after one goal, they brought it back. He just went straight to throwing it in the air. Yeah, I actually feel sorry for the umpires. Like it's. It's not a. It's not an yeah, easy. You
2: reckon it's pretty tough to be able to.
0: Well, it's not an easy skill, mate. You know what I would compare it to? Somebody getting yips in front of goal, yeah. and then it gets harder and harder to kick a goal after that. I reckon because this umpire on the weekend kept messing up the centre bounce, he, he was getting rattled by hu- Yeah, he was getting harder and harder for him to do I, it. I and- was
1: giving him a bit of stick too when he was mucking it up, so he might have been a bit nervous. Oh, what do you say to him? I tell him to throw it up and just not even bother. So
0: so <laughs> but- then he did throw it up. So is he allowed to choose just to throw it up at, at one point?
1: I think if his confidence is that down, he can, he can just start <laughs> choosing, electing to throw it up. And that's what he did. So. And
0: did he say to you, like, I'm just going to skip this one? He
1: just did- said, I'm just going to throw it up.
0: Oh, great. I was like, it's about time. <laughs> Job, of course, our guest last week, uh, he was playing his final home and away game for the season. Did you guys all feel that extra energy in the crowd at this stadium on the weekend?
1: Yeah, it was amazing. Um, the fans out there, that was the loudest probably I've felt it in Had Stadium, so... Uh, for them to come out, and I think there was a ten thousand job mass. I didn't actually, see, I didn't see them. Yeah. I don't know, nah. But um, you could certainly, yeah, you could certainly feel the the vibe and the atmosphere out on the ground. It, like, and Job, as you said, had a had a great game. So every time he got the ball, the crowd were up and about. So it felt like you know, I, I knew he was having a good, good game because the crowd was always up and about.
0: Yeah, spe- the raw, the first couple of times he got the ball was yeah. huge. A- Andy, how do you feel about the Essend- playing in front of Essendon crowds? Did it blow you away the first time? Yeah, it really did. Um, I've never played in front of probably more than two or three thousand
3: at a school footy game once, but um, to run out in round one with eighty thousand people watching was an amazing experience and something that I'll never forget. And then for that to happen consistently throughout the year is just something that you wouldn't get at any other football club. So yeah, it's a privilege to be a part of such a massive club like Essendon is.
0: How do you expect the fans to come out against Sydney in a couple of weeks' time?
3: They're usually pretty loyal uh, when we're interstate. We probably had more fans in Gold Coast and Gold Coast had it that game so hopefully they come out in the in the masses and we get we get a big turnout over in Sydney in two weeks.
1: I think we've got a heavy contingent up in Sydney so and I think they've got the buses driving up late next week sometime so that'll be um, you know get a lot of the fans up there and, and try and get as many as we can to um, support the boys. It's been a long time since we've 2004 I think it was mm-hmm. the last final that we've uh, successful final that the club's been involved in um, so that's obviously before Kale and my time so Um, Pidge is obviously you know a very good opportunity to walk into in the club in his first year and play in finals I played in one final in 10 years and I think you've played in two yeah I
2: think I've played in a couple and it's exciting to be able to have that experience that the team's going to get to play against a good side like Sydney and uh, test ourselves against the best. So it's going to be exciting, and I reckon plenty of fans are going to get there to watch it.
0: Yeah, and the, I mean the revenge story for Sydney is, is so big because of that one point loss earlier in the year. Heartbreaking. That was that was heartbreaking.
2: I think that's got to give us some confidence though, um, knowing that we you know it was such a close game and we we're right in Mate, it. But so. you
0: essentially already beat them, and then how <laughs> some magic trick they pulled to actually win that game. So we actually won. <laughs> we've already beaten them this season. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> We didn't talk about this last week, but uh, Mad Monday, if if you guys had a lost... What do you want to know? Well, <laughs> how close to not making the finals would you have gone on Mad Monday? So if we had a lost on Sunday and then waited to see if we could still make it technically on percentage, would you have waited then till, you know, five thirty, six o'clock on Sunday night to go, yep, yeah, Mad Monday's on?
1: Uh, yeah, I potentially reckon we would have. We probably... Having, the top
2: of the beer would probably come off yeah, as I, a west coast wine I, and then it just wouldn't taste very good but you'd have to drink it so
0: yeah right and so who yeah. is there a leader you look to like who's organizing mad monday uh, a couple of the older boys normally put their hand up
1: and and organize it we've we've kind of had it at the same venue the last couple of years so it's James not Kelly seems to yeah. be a bit of a ring with that Kel, bj they're pretty good when it comes to that kind of thing it's actually not too hard to organize we've We've kind of um, we've spoken about it briefly, but obviously our focus is on we're, finals football. We're
2: backing back ourselves in, and the VFL are in the finals as well. So we'll wait till the VFL finish, or hopefully the VFL will be hopefully will be at the same time, or they'll be waiting for us. So we'll wait for both teams to finish before we have our proper Mad Monday.
0: So should we call the end of this podcast like uh, the Monday after? Our, Not after Mad uh, Monday. Yeah, 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 well, that's what I'm trying to say. So yeah. essentially, we'll do the last podcast, the game, before we finally lose or win the grand final.
1: Correct. We spoke about maybe doing a live podcast show from Mad Monday, but I don't know how that would go down.
0: Yeah, maybe. So after the Sunday's game, it leaves us seventh position on the ladder. And, of course, we only have to look as far back as last year to see that the Bulldogs won the premiership from seventh position. So... We're looking pretty good for the rest of the year. I think it makes sense, you know. Like, definitely (laughs) they finish seventh, they win the flag. We finish seventh, (laughs) we win the flag. (laughs) Andy, we asked people on Facebook and Instagram to get involved with the show and ask us some questions. We had some great ones overnight. So, thank you for everybody who participated on social media. What are you shaking your head that (laughs) bitch?
3: Just what was on your phone just there? I don't know.
0: I don't want to say it. Please share. (laughs) I mean, we just said at the start of the show, it's all about honesty. all about honesty. honesty Who is that Snapchat
3: from, mate?
0: Who? Who is that Snapchat from?
1: I don't know what you're talking about, mate.
0: Tom, you're just trying to tell him we're all about honesty and now you're trying to brush fighting, it away. Him. I take
1: him under my wing and then he throws me under the bus. So I don't know about
0: this. We'll find out eventually and find out who you were sitting with at the Adelaide game by the end of the season. Sounds good. Andy, Dylan James asks, Andy, which opposition player have you learned most from playing on? Probably
3: Jamie Elliott. He killed me, to put it bluntly, in the first quarter when we played Collingwood the second time. Um... He's just a running machine. He runs up and down. Um, Mark Harvey, the backline coach, said before the game that their forwards didn't really run too hard. So I came into the game thinking, oh, this should be all right. And then all of a sudden he's running up and down, up and down, up and down. He's had 10 possessions to kick the goal in the first quarter. And I'm just thinking, far out. This is going to be a hard day. And I sort of held him up a little bit after that, but he probably taught me the most about how, how hard good half forwards work.
0: How, how do you go as a runner as well? I mean, you said that you were an athlete. Are you better a sprinter or... Um, can you run all day? I'm a better sprinter. I'm okay over a longer
3: distance, but I definitely prefer sprinting. Would he be one of the fastest at the club? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah.
2: we'll be getting him to the forward line eventually too. Just only a progression, back line, midfield, forward line. How we'll come you, you skipped eventually. the mid-
0: midfield when you made that transition? <laughs> Tommy
2: already had that covered, so I just went straight through.
0: <laughs> okay, this is a completely different type of question, but Pagy Eli Ooh. asks, what is your favorite Disney movie?
1: We're ready for no. that one, weren't you, mate? No, well,
0: not at all. Uh, does cars count? <laughs> cars, I think, is Disney Pixar, so I'm gonna allow it. Uh, yeah, cars. Um, crazy that you were like born after the Lion King. <laughs> yeah, long, I was very young watching yeah. Lion King. <laughs> yeah, like that was like four or five, good four or five years before your time. Yeah. Um, but you have seen it. I have seen. And it, And Aladdin, yeah. all the classics. Uh, Aladdin's probably too too far back. Four years too time. far back. Yeah. yeah.
3: Jeez. There's TV shows about it, but not the original. Oh wow! What about you guys? What
2: Disney film? I think you can't um, beat the Lion King. I wasn't a big I wasn't a big, guy. I wasn't a
1: big TV guy when I was younger. What just TV in general? Well, I don't know. I didn't watch many Disney movies. I don't think. I think I had two older brothers. Yeah, and they were you know five or six years older than
0: me, so I was kind of always trying to watch watching they were, macho watching, stuff. Yeah, I was trying to be cool. And yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> what about like t- just general TV shows and stuff? Did you watch The Simpsons?
1: Simpsons, big fan of The Simpsons. Yeah,
0: love The Simpsons.
2: Family guy. Yeah. Big family guy.
0: So Simpsons would even predate you really, Andy? I mean, it still goes, but the, the new Simpsons is no good. Yeah, mm, yeah I never really got into oh, Simpsons. Oh, man. What what missing a wonderful out. life I'm you have ahead of you to find out all the golden years of the Simpsons. Um... Uh, I'll ask you a
1: question. Yeah, why jump you, why in. Why you can't in. find one there, Jack? Do you think it's appropriate for an 18-year-old kid to be wearing a Rolex watch? <laughs> 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 it isn't a Rolex.
2: It is, uh, mate. That is a Rolex. You're it. sitting.
1: You're sitting next to
2: me. Chook, is yeah, that a Rolex? Yeah, it's a Rolex. I can confirm.
3: We can yeah. confirm. I do like my watches, but it's not a Rolex.
2: <laughs> Big watch guy. <laughs> Big watch fan.
0: What is what? Like, did you splurge on anything the first time you got a paycheck from the club? Not really.
1: Just a couple of nights at Crown. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I did treat my girlfriend a few times for her birthday and our anniversary, I think. But other than that, not really, no.
0: How's things changed for her as well? How long have you guys been together for? 14, 15 months now. Probably
3: yeah, right. Sure that, but mm, yeah, so a bit over a year. Um, yeah, she she gets a little bit annoyed when people sort of interrupt us when we're out for dinner or out in public and it's stuff. tough life, isn't it? <laughs> but um, no, she's fine. She's pretty laid back and...
0: Sort of understands what comes with being an AFL footballer. Do you get it much? Like all of you guys, do you get people coming up to you when you're eating dinner? And
1: I think you do a bit. Being such a like big club, Essendon, everyone you know tends to know what Essendon, who Essendon players are, and that kind of thing. So I, do, I think you do get it a fair bit. I know, especially when I used to live over and around Essendon. That's obviously probably. It's a bit worse over that side of the city than it is over in, in the beautiful Port Melbourne, sunny side of Port Melbourne. Yep. But, Generally,
0: um, people are pretty good there. If you're living in Brighton, you're trying to get as far away from the club as possible. Yeah, not many That's people know Essendon in Brighton.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Talk us about the story when your missus told a to girl off on Instagram. That's probably come from Basil, our, our media guru. But
3: um, <laughs> yeah, so I was getting these messages from this random Essendon fan and she was sort of kept messaging me about what I was doing and I posted an Insta story of me and my girlfriend out for breakfast and, uh, she, you can reply to Insta stories and yep. write messages about them. And this girl took it upon herself to say, that should be me replacing my girlfriend. <laughs> and, um, my girlfriend wasn't too happy about it. So <laughs> why'd you show it? <laughs> uh, uh,
0: she likes she to is the luckiest girl in the world.
3: <laughs> and, um, she sort of stole my phone and sort of sent a photo of her saying, lol, nah, like, laugh out loud, no. And um, then this girl sort of sent a message through to Essendon saying how probably wasn't the right thing to do. And So did
0: they have a back and forth or that was it? Uh, it was probably just
3: a back and forth and that it ended there. <laughs> I told my girlfriend she wasn't allowed to reply to fans' messages anymore and it sort of ended like that. <laughs> and so the fan approached the club and what did... What was her complaint? Uh, just that it was a bit rude. Probably was a bit rude. on... It's, 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 rude not, of it's, her. it's, it's not rude whatsoever <laughs> by your girlfriend. It's rude of her, exactly. I yeah. um, exactly just what... heard the
2: rumors how good Pidge is to the ladies, and she just wants to try and jump on. She,
1: she wants Crown, you know. She wants, she wants, wants the, that the, lifestyle. The, lav- the lavish dinners. <laughs> <laughs> she wants the Rolexes.
0: The first week of the podcast, Tom and Carl were talking about the fine system that's set up at the club, and that a lot of it comes back to social media and how people use their social media. Have you had any problems with the fine system yet? I've had a couple. I've had a few fines, but
3: they're mainly from the younger boys. I'm, I think I'm okay from the older boys at the moment. Yeah. But isn't yeah. it
0: all anonymous anyway? Yeah. Or do you slowly find out who did Pidge what? Pidge and I
1: sit next to each other in the locker, so Pidge <laughs> sees me writing a lot of fines
0: down. <laughs> 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 they're not about me. It's all right. <laughs>
1: um, no, nah, Pidge has been pretty good. He's been, uh, he's been pretty good. The young boys, as we said, he, the young boys kind of tend to stitch each other up a bit, but he's all clear from the older boys at the moment. Thanks, mate.
0: Jobe was saying the same kind of stuff last week, the how much of a model citizen you are. And, you know, everybody only has nice things to say about you. Did you ever go through, a, like, a teenage angst year or anything? <laughs> <Suspension>. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, You've egged someone's house, surely. Oh, I've been in the car,
3: yes. (laughs) But um, I hope that's not ahead of me. That would be a worry.
0: (laughs) You you just could be late-onset teenage angst and it doesn't come for another two years. Yeah, that wouldn't
3: be good, would it? Um, (laughs) But no, I've never really had sort of a year where I've gone off the rails or
0: anything, which is probably a good thing and um, keeps my parents happy, which is also good. Job also said on last week's episode that you are the kind of guy he would be happy with marrying any of his sisters. (laughs) You have an older sister. Who at the club would you be most comfortable with dating your sister?
1: How old's the older sister? She's
3: 21. 22. Yeah. 22. What's um, your age
0: bracket, Tom? It seems like that's <laughs> what you're weighing up there. Half, <laughs> your, <laughs> half your age plus six, isn't it? <laughs> uh,
2: don't, tell, don't tell Andy's girlfriend that. Job's happy with this because she, you know, she'll be onto that Job's sisters if they know. Yeah, she right. might be listening right now. Yeah, so right. Job's sisters will start getting it back and forth and then
0: Job's sisters will have to approach the club and file a complaint.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a hard question. There's a lot of great guys around footy clubs but I don't think I'd like my
0: sister to date a <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's Probably a good answer. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well done. I thought we usually end the show by uh, having a look at the next opponent um, for the Bombers, but because we're not playing the Swans for a couple of weeks, and we'll probably cover that off on next week's episode, I thought I would do an Essendon in review quiz for you guys. So see how much you know about the Bombers this year. Work together, try and come up with the answers. Each man
1: for their own. <laughs> yeah, <they'll
0: do> <laughs> Who has had the most disposals all season? Zach Merritt. Zach Merritt. Zach Merritt. wonder me. He's, there's a lot of questions I could ask where Zach Merritt would be the answer. Who's got the most tackles for the season? You,
3: Tommy.
1: <laughs> Thank you, squad, but no. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to go someone. Dawson Heppel. I'm going to go Walla. I'm going to say Travis Collier.
0: Zach Merritt.
2: <laughs> You're just up there. <laughs>
0: Who takes the most bounces at the club this year? Fantasia. No. Connor McKenna. Connor McKenna, McKenna, Uh, yeah. Head and shoulders above everybody else. Um, At least like double the next. Do you know which three Bombers were named in the 40-man All-Australian squad yesterday?
1: Big Joey. Who else? Zach Barrett.
0: Correct, well done. Does it get announced at the club, those kind of achievements?
1: I think there'll be some recognition for it, perhaps in a meeting or something uh, later in the week, just to... You know, obviously we know we know the guys have had a great year, but it's you know good to good to be rewarded for it. So yeah.
0: Can you name the five players from Essendon who've played every home and away game this season? Dyson Heppel. Correct. Godard. Yep. Danaher. Yep. Super Woody. Correct. I know my four. Have you got all four? I got one. Got yeah. one. One more. Andy, right. you need to get this I one. I've not got one. Um potentially a backline player no someone you all know very well because he plays for you,
2: <laughs> you need to give us a clue he
0: yeah. played last year <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean he like good clue <laughs> <laughs> a team okay. out.
2: it, does, it <laughs> a team out um,
0: but he is an older player or he's been around at least David Zaharakis correct well done <laughs> You, you guys killed that quiz. I should have put more questions on it. Um, any parting questions for our guest, Andy? You've been a great guest. We've loved having you.
1: Super pitch, great work, mate. Thanks for coming in.
2: Thanks, guys. Oh, well done. We've got you a lock for the Rising Star, mate. Been fantastic all year, and well done on such a great season. And hopefully, we can finish it off in style for Thanks, the last few weeks. Thanks,
0: mate. Yeah, hopefully. Obviously, footy players can't bet on uh, footy like outcomes of games and stuff. Are you allowed to bet on something like the Rising Star? Unfortunately, uh-huh. no, because it's money for jam. So, hey, can you not gamble at all? When before, when I thought you were gambling at Crown, is that off limits as no, well? No, that's okay. That's off limits. <laughs> okay. Just no just sports betting.
1: Not on, not on football, not on yeah. AFL. Sports is okay, just not AFL.
0: No brown loan, nothing.
1: No brown low, nothing. Yeah.
0: Good boys. Good stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Pidgey.